1: Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
2: wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money?
2: Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, The most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation
3: and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility.
2: Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. The John and Ken Show, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. John is gone. Uh, He is? Yeah, he went to the All-Star game. So the Dodger Stadium is just a few miles from here, but it's probably going to take forever to get there. So he left early because he's a baseball head. You still have a chance to win $1,000. Two more keywords coming, the first of which will be at around 420. This is called our inflation vacation. You just enter the word on the website, and you might get email notice that you're a winner. So stand by for that. We'll be talking about Barbara Ferrer, the L.A. County Health Director, and the move online to get her removed. One of the petitions at Change.org will be the subject we'll be talking about in about 30 minutes. We start the hour talking about a move by federal prosecutors in New York and the U.S. Department of Labor to take a closer look at what's going on at these Amazon warehouses and what it takes to get your package there sometimes the same day or the next day uh, There are lots of reports about tough workplace conditions. Let's bring on Alex Stone for more on this story. Alex? I'll be uh, John for you. Ah, Newsome! Ah!
3: No? (laughs) No, that doesn't work
2: for you? uh, It's pretty generic, but it's not bad.
3: Well, there you go, but it it works. So, um, yeah, Amazon workers, uh, they've been pretty vocal claiming that they're overworked, uh, that they say conditions in the fulfillment centers is not good. Uh, They say that... Uh, from heat to working hours to what they're demanded to do, that uh, that they're uh, being treated inhumanely. And, and now investigators, uh, they're going to be looking into it. They're beginning to do that now. Uh, New York prosecutors, U.S. Labor Department as well. And this is coming while Amazon workers, they've been on the picket lines. They want unions. They have been trying to unionize. They've been out there doing this. What do we
2: want? Yeah. They
3: claim that most of us don't understand what they're dealing with to get us packages the next day, same day, uh, some cases, and they want to have a union. So the question is, is it that bad or are they making the claims to get a union? And that's what (laughs) investigators have to figure out. You know, it's like the airline industry where pilots will say it is horrendous, uh, it's not safe, and then they get a contract and they go, "Ah, this is really great. It's the greatest company in the world. Um, So... Is there more to it, uh, or are conditions really that bad? What Uh, kind of things are we talking about? Do you have examples of what they claim is happening
2: to them? Yeah,
3: Alicia Johnson, she says she was fired this year because she had had enough of it. But she says she was working back-to-back 12-hour shifts on the warehouse floor, that you were not allowed to take a day off. You were not allowed to have vacation time, sick time. Everybody's quitting.
2: She can quit, too. I mean, lots of jobs out there. Yeah,
3: she says this. We work like a dog there. We work very hard, 10 and our feet for 12 hours. No one cares. That's not right. Now, she claims the company required them to work overtime, uh, unless they could show a doctor's note for not working uh, the overtime shift. They were told, no, it's... Not an option, that that we need it filled and and you got to do it. Uh, Drivers are claiming that they have so many deliveries and lack of public bathrooms, especially uh, during the pandemic, that they've had to urinate into bottles to keep Mm. going.
2: I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: Sometimes they take
2: poops on people's lawns, I've seen, too, because they can't Oh, that wouldn't be good. Is
3: that why my neighbors have the don't poop on my lawn signs? Well, that's for the dogs, dogs. usually,
2: but yeah. Not not the
3: Amazon workers.
2: I have seen reports of Amazon workers having to do that because, you know, sometimes number two comes up.
3: What do UPS drivers do and FedEx and police (laughs) officers and...
2: Everybody else who's out there in the public for hours without a bathroom?
3: Um, Yeah, and uh, so the, the warehouse workers, they say... Safety rules are being ignored, um, that they're being told to, to run where they've got to go, that they say that's not safe, that it's incredibly hot inside the fulfillment centers, that they're doing repetitive movement where they're going to get injured, where they don't have safeguards against it. Amazon increased your pay, uh, starting paid 18 bucks an hour, um, mm. but workers are saying that is not enough for what they're having to endure and that they should be one not having to deal with all of this but making more money bare
1: minimum 18 an hour that's that's barely livable wage
3: so Amazon says it is cooperating that they're gonna be able to show that the worries are unfounded they say that none of this uh, is true and that they care about their workers and that they're taking care of their workers but uh, the federal prosecutors and US Labor Department they are doing uh, visits unannounced visits To fulfillment centers they've been in chicago new york and orlando walking in what they call sweeps to go in and say show us what's going on of is it 95 degrees in here yeah let me see the the work schedules talk to some of the employees look at the records and figure out what is going on and and is amazon breaking the law And,
2: and we don't know that yet is there a criterion or a threshold for federal prosecutors in new york and the department of labor to do this they have to get a certain number of complaints or there's someone in there who likes unions decides, yeah, let's go after Amazon. We'll help out our union buddies. Yeah, How does I this mean, work?
3: At this point, there have been a lot of complaints, uh, and so they seem to have enough to say they, they've they got to begin investigating and, and that they feel like that there could be a crime committed there. But is there more to it? And and that we don't know. If, if there are political reasons uh, why some of the complaints. And Amazon is a very big company, and, and our some of these, are you going to get reports here and there of one-offs that, that aren't the, the way that the, the company operates in general? Look, when they go in, they're probably going to find something everywhere they go. If they went into KFI right now, they would find something. If they came into my office, they would find something. But is it going to be the big stuff? And that'll be the question. that Do, do they go in and say, yeah, that they're being forced to work 12 hours on their feet and then work more overtime without the option of going home? Uh, then that would be bad but if that's really going on yet nobody knows
2: yeah i'm looking up stories on the unionization thing at amazon apparently uh we remember the big alabama story was that last year where the workers yeah, first voted not to there, unionize yeah. and then they took another vote right um
3: and it's supposedly- well and we know that that amazon has been spending millions of dollars but not that uncommon that Uh, hire consulting firms to try to uh, persuade against going union their workers to go union delta airlines has done something similar starbucks is going through that right now they don't want them to to go union so and uh, there are some workers that that do want to go that way in new york they voted down going union the amazon workers there now their claims that they were intimidated and other things but um, amazon is spending a lot of money trying to convince them not to go down that road and now you got to fight between the the company and, and some workers.
2: Well, that's how you get cheap stuff online at Amazon. If suddenly their labor costs skyrocket because of unionization and all of the wage rules and all of the benefits that come with that, it's the same thing that Walmart was going through. You, you're probably going to lose the, the cheap goods and the ability to get a lot of customers because you can sell get stuff. Get it shipped
3: can... overnight. I mean, it is amazing that you order something at 9 o'clock at night and 8 o'clock the next morning, it's there. and you know you have something arrive i do it it shows up at 9 at night and you're thinking what took you so long and then, <laughs> even though you ordered it not that many hours before and that there are humans involved in it. I've gone in and done stories in fulfillment centers, and, yeah, they got a lot of robots moving things around, but still the humans go and pick those items. They box them up. You should go undercover,
2: Alex. You should go undercover at a fulfillment center and tell us what it's like to work. Like undercover boss
3: and put on a fake mustache. Yeah, see
2: if any of this is real or if it's exaggerated. That would be a great story. Go make my 18 bucks an hour. You got it. You could could do that. All right, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks again. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, the continuing drama at Amazon, which is such a behemoth that, of course, the unions want to unionize the workers. Can you imagine the union dues you could grab from all the workers at the Amazon warehouses? So we now have a situation where federal prosecutors in New York and the U.S. Department of Labor are conducting sweeps at Amazon warehouses. These are in New York, Chicago, and Orlando to see just what the working conditions are like. But as I said, if you don't like it, you can quit. We're still in a situation now where there are plenty, plenty, plenty of jobs out there. There have to be other options. I mean, you feel like you're trapped in the warehouse. We're forced to work overtime. we will be fired. Uh, Once people start saying no, eh, supply and demand, they'll start changing their demands. All right, when I come back, First thing we're going to do, first order of business, is to give you the keyword that you use to perhaps win a $1,000 with our inflation vacation keyword contest. John and Ken show on KFI report this afternoon that the U.S. housing market could be on the verge of a meltdown, according to a top economist. There's been a collapse in home builder confidence in July. Well, this is this is naturally what happens when mortgage rates are going up and the Fed keeps raising the rates to fight inflation then this is going to deter people who are thinking about taking out big mortgage loans because the rates are running too high. It's the natural consequence of this. It's the whole problem with fighting inflation. If you fight it too aggressively, we could end up in a big business downturn. And one of the places that's kind of overdue, seriously, is housing. I mean, home prices have just been going up and up and up for years. And we haven't had big problems since the 2008 mortgage meltdown. So... As they like to say in market jargon, a correction of some kind is due. Just a correction. We don't want a big slump. We don't want a big depression or recession. Just a slight correction. Uh, Coming up after the news at 4.30, my guest is one of those people that wants Barbara Ferrer to turn out the lights in her office and go. The L.A. County Health Director wants L.A. County to be, from what we know, the only one in the country that's going to reimpose an indoor mask mandate. No one else is doing this. Not even in wacky Northern California. Santa Clara County, where they have a health director that went way off the charts nuts over COVID. They're not doing this. But L.A. County, well, you know, we want to be extra cautious. We'll talk. Uh, The petition is at change.org. I think there's a couple of them, but we'll talk to uh, the group behind one of them uh, coming up after the news at 4.30. Haven't talked about gas prices on the show in a while. In Southern California, they're actually coming down in many places. They have dropped below $6 a gallon. This is a natural consequence of perhaps people cutting back and the fact that we always have a run up in the spring. And of course, we have all this with the supply and the fact that they don't want to drill for more oil and blah, blah, blah. So this is probably what's going to happen. I mean, I remember their predictions we could be spending 7 seven fifty a gallon by August. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but it's still very high. It's very high compared to a year or two years ago, and people around the country who hit $5 a gallon were freaking out, which brings us to this story, apparently gas theft. Oh, I just want to mention one other thing. Diesel prices are still very high, and they're warning that the trucking industry is gonna be severely impacted, that there's already been supply chain issues, but with the price of diesel remaining very high, you're gonna pay for that, you're gonna continue to pay for that and all the stuff you buy that gets shipped by truck. Anyway, police have arrested a number of people around the country. They're either digitally manipulating computers that manage gas pumps or they're installing homemade devices to discount their fuel. Whenever I see a story like this, I always think, well, these are people that really did their homework and they're really hell bent on beating the high gas prices. But do you think maybe they're smart enough to do something else with their life that they weren't being so devastated by the high gas prices? Um, We've had gas theft, obviously, for decades. And uh, it really took off after Hurricane Katrina when there were shortages around the country. But now with this run-up in gas prices that nobody's really seen, it's uh, happening uh, more frequently, and we have a new go-round. And of course, this being 2022, there's more technology. Uh, They talked to a fuel industry veteran by the name of Len Denton. He's the founder of something called Guardian Payment Solutions Corporation. They make security products for gas stations. And he says, yeah, we're getting more and more theft complaints from station owners and the police just in the last few months. Most American gas stations use pumps from just one of two manufacturers. So the reason that this is easy for some thieves, they come in the off hours. Some of them steal the gas from the underground storage tanks. We talked about that before, but now let's talk about the hackers. And um, the way this works, apparently fuel dispensers have a remote control option to allow station owners and fuel inspectors to get to them easily, but the remotes are not regulated. And NBC News found that many of them are on sale. They're off for sale online in places, including eBay. So basically they use the remote. They have to enter a key code Many station owners never change the key code from the default setting. So it's pretty easy for these hackers. They buy the remote online. They use the default setting key code, which is the same as the one that the guy got at the gas station. And they're able to access the pump. Um, apparently, they talked to one such thief who said, you can just pump as much as you want. Of course, the easy solution is to just change the code. When pumps are installed, but a lot of station owners just... They don't bother that. The other trick is to get a gas pump to dispense more gas than it tracks. Gas pumps have a device called the pulsar, which measures how much gas comes out of a pump, telling it how much to charge you. Well, apparently some of these thieves have made some homemade devices. They get parts from a hardware store. They can slow the pulser. So it registers only a fraction of the actual gas that it's dispensing. They're tricking it into believing that you're buying less than you really are. A thief still needs to open up a gas pump panel to install the Pulsar, but many of them use a standardized key, and many of those keys are widely available for sale online. So with the advent of the internet and more technology, you got some guys out there that figured out a way to steal gas in a new way. All right. Coming up next, there is a couple of petitions out there for people who are behind the movement to have Barbara Ferrer removed as the L.A. County Health Director. Barbara Ferrer wants to impose another indoor mask mandate for Los Angeles County based on a ridiculously low metric, allegedly from the CDC. A lot of people not happy with this. We'll talk to... A representative from L.A. Uprising as one of those petitions at change.org. That'll be my guest coming up next. John and Kent show on KFI. Coming up, I'm going to talk next hour about that new 6th Street Bridge that opened in downtown Los Angeles to much fanfare. Garcetti and the rest of city officials showed up, and they're very excited. Cost a lot of money, too. It's already been vandalized with graffiti. And last night, there was a street takeover where the police had to close the new bridge. Nice. That's the state of things today. I'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. A quick reminder that the Moist line comes back in three days already. Leave your message with the iHeartRadio app. It's a little microphone icon you use to talk back to the show. Or call toll free one eight seven seven moist 86 We talked about this earlier in the show. We talked about this yesterday. She must be stopped. This is the LA County Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer. We do not call her doctor because she's got a PhD in social work or something like that. Ever since this began, she's had an agenda and the agenda is something about health equity. In fact, it's kind of pointed out in today's press release from the LA County Public Health Department. As BA.5 fuels increase in COVID metrics, residents in areas of high poverty hospitalized at a faster rate. Keep in mind, we learned from a top doctor in the LA County hospital system that this is a lot of media hype. The hospitals are not being overloaded. In fact, one epidemiologist said, we don't have anybody that needs to be intubated. It's just not happening right now. It's like a bad cold. These are the people on the front lines. Why are we listening to them? They're giving this woman the power. I'm going to talk now to Julie Hamill, She's with a group called L.A. Uprising, and they're one of those that have started a petition at change.org to have Barbara Ferrer removed. Julie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, explain again what L.A. Uprising is about.
1: So L.A. Uprising is a group of people who've been fighting back against harmful restrictions on our children for about two years and we have a petition going, it's got thousands of signatures, and that petition is to fire Barbara Ferrer. Um, And and as you said, anyone who is not data illiterate has known for a while that Ferrer's office is completely out of control. Her statements are not based in fact, her data when she chooses to use it is completely unreliable um, and she has to be stopped.
2: Yeah, she's uh, apparently trying to impose her own personal social work agenda on the entire county where she decides that certain neighborhoods of L.A. County have too many COVID cases. And by the way, today's report, 12 new deaths. That's really low. In fact, the deaths have averaged single digits to somewhere between 12 and 20 because I get this email every single day. And as you pointed out, the data doesn't lie. We're at a point now where whatever this variant is, BA5, BA.275, BA4, they're not harming people at any rate like they did last year and the year before. And to continue to impose these massive, broad restrictions on everybody, bringing back the indoor mask mandate, and what if the numbers continue to rise? We're going to go back to a lockdown? I mean, are you guys getting a big response to your petition?
1: We've gotten an uptick. There have been about 500 new signatures since the news came out about the L.A. County and USC Hospital Town Hall. Um, but it's been really interesting to watch this play out, and the data really doesn't lie. Everyone listening right now can go on to the L.A. County Department of Public Health website and look at the data for themselves, and I encourage everyone to do that. Um, I was looking for vaccination data for my school district. And it turns out the county's numbers show there are more vaccinated children aged 5 to 11 than actual children aged 5 to 11 in my district. So hmm. that means the vax rate is more than 100% for that age group, which is obviously facially false. So <laughs> I emailed my supervisor's office, Janet Hahn, asking for an explanation. Two months later, I got a very long winded email from the Department of Public Health saying, no, the numbers aren't really precise. There's some estimation going on. So right. my takeaway from this is they are using faulty data and they're twisting that faulty data to make COVID sound much scarier than it is. And this whole fear narrative, really, the lid was blown off of it when we heard the head medical doctors in our county speaking at that town hall.
2: Yeah. And did you 50- see what? Did you see what happened after that, Julie? Because yeah. Later in the day yesterday, the county issued a statement that that was a private uh, meeting between uh, workers and it does not represent the opinion of the health department. Apparently that's that's part of the Department of Health Services, which is separate from Barbara Ferrer's department. And they were trying to trying to play it down. But those were top medical professionals saying this is no big deal.
1: And apparently they've all been terrified out of speaking to the media now. Um, So. I don't know what's going on. I find it very scary that our county of more than 10 million people is taking public health direction from a social worker and not from our top medical doctors. By the way, one of whom is an epidemiologist, the other one is the CEO of the hospital, the other one was a CMO of the hospital. They're not dummies. They know what they're talking about. So So why are we taking advice from the social worker and not these medical doctors who are actually treating patients.
2: Yeah, this this press release today, Barbara Ferrer, Ph.D., MPH, MED, Director of Public Health. All of it nonsense. She's just a glorified social worker. Uh, explain to people, though, you want to present this petition. You want to get the 7,500 signatures and hand it over to the Board of Supervisors. Do we really have any chance here of affecting any change in this uh, leadership of this department?
1: I certainly hope so. You know, it's hard to have hope anymore in California, but she needs to resign or she needs to be fired by the Board of Supervisors. This is the same board that just voted to put a measure on the ballot to fire a duly elected sheriff. They actually have the power right now to fire Barbara Ferrer, but they won't do it. Oh, yeah, they appoint her. her.
2: They can remove her. They appoint her. Right.
1: Yes, and I think it's because they're data illiterate and their donors are somehow benefiting from prolonging this fear. And so what I really hope happens is that your listeners and people with rational, common-sense brains will look at this data and be reassured and start asking more questions.
2: You notice that no L.A. County, no L.A. City politician has come out and talked about what you've been talking about and we've been talking about here on the show, that those top doctors with L.A. County's... uh, hospital system that the event that they held of employees where they talked about how this particular round of covid is not resulting in any critical hospitalizations and it's all media hype no no politician julie has seized on that to challenge Ferrer. that disappoints me
1: oh it disappoints me too i'm running for school board in my district in palace verdes i'm tired of this i'm not going to take it anymore
2: Good for you. All right. So people can find this at change.org. How else do they search for it?
1: lauprising.com.
2: uprising.com. LA uprising.com is a place to go. If you want to be a part of the petition asking the LA County board of supervisors to remove Barbara Ferrer as the head of the health department. All right, Julie, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Julie Hamill. She's with LA Uprising, lauprising.com is the website. And of course, they've been fighting from the beginning against the -the over-the-top, one-size-fits-all restrictions imposed by not only the governor, but many county leaders. And I like the way the Times finally mentioned that LA County Hospital System employee town hall, where that top doctor and the epidemiologist said this is all media hype, but they immediately followed it up because the county responded to it by saying, oh, don't look over there. Don't look over there. We have the data here. Uh, That's that's not to be taken seriously. All right, we got more coming up on the John and Ken show on KFI. Coming up after five o'clock. Oh my gosh, already. They opened up to much fanfare, a new bridge in downtown Los Angeles at Sixth Street. Took years to build it. They had the grand opening just a few weeks ago. It's already been defaced And apparently for a couple of nights running has been the scene for some, what they call street takeovers. People like to drive on the bridge and do all sorts of car tricks, spinning around, stuff like that. Accidents have happened, the bridge has been closed. It's already a mess. That's the state of the world today in LA with our criminal justice system and just no consequences for anything. I'll bring you the story and the detail after the news at five o'clock. We'll also have a chance next hour to talk to a woman who said she was also attacked by the same man who attacked the Olympic volleyball player. Her name was Kim Glass. She made news a couple of weeks ago. She actually made a video showing her injuries. This guy came up with some sort of a rod and bashed her with it. Uh, He's been doing this for years, attacking women with any type of tool or implement he could find, golf clubs, hammers. We'll talk to a woman who said that she was attacked two years ago by the same man and, of course, Her jaw dropped when he was back on the streets again attacking the Olympic volleyball player. That will come up in the 5 o'clock hour along with one last keyword for today that you can enter on the website. Possibly win $1,000. It's all ahead. One more note on this whole attempt to make us do indoor masking again in L.A. County if the numbers don't improve by July 29th. The numbers... I mean, the metric, the metric is that we have 10 and a half new coronavirus positive hospitalizations for every 100,000 residents. What they chop in here is a lot of percentages to make you think that the problem is more out of control than it is. Oh, it's up 50% from the previous week. The numbers are still, and that's all you should look at, low. But the metric itself, moving above 10 per capita pushed LA County into the high COVID-19 community level. I don't know where we got this goalpost. I don't know how current it is, but this is ridiculous because clearly right now we have a virus that is continuing to mutate and it's mutating to stay alive, which means it wants to be as transmissible easily as possible. And it's succeeding in doing that. But along the way, it's losing some of its power. You know, I actually said this two years ago, but I read a couple of articles where some experts poo-pooed the idea that suddenly the coronavirus is going to get less deadly because it continues to mutate. I think it's mutating itself to less seriousness in terms of illness. And the numbers are proving that. And the doctors, they leaked that internal meeting that they had, one of the top doctors at the LA County hospital system, agrees that this is hype. We are not in any serious hospital situation. Everybody needs to calm down. He didn't say that, I added that. But now we have a Department of Public Health led by Barbara Ferrer, and because her agenda is, I don't know what her agenda is. Like I said, she comes from social work background, which means she cares so much about the poor people underserved communities, that she's being ridiculous. People have to get on with their lives. They're not going to mask forever. And they're not going to do this every few months because you decide based on some crazy over-the-top metric that we have too many cases. People need to fight back. And you would think there'd be some public official in the county that would use as evidence what this L.A. County hospital doctor said, along with this epidemiologist, that this is over-the-top. All right. Here is a story. Of course, the big story this week also was the investigative report out of the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. It occurred on May 24th. Nineteen fourth graders and two teachers were slaughtered. You know, by now, the police response was pathetic. Seventy seven minutes standing outside the school, then outside the hallway of the classroom. Nobody entered for 77 minutes to take out the shooter. This report that came out from a legislative investigation has something in it that the media just seized on, which is unbelievable. They say that it's possible that because of illegal immigration, which is plaguing Texas border towns, that that it may explain a lax response to the Uvalde school shooting. You might think, how could that be? Well, apparently it's not an uncommon occurrence that border patrol is tracing migrants who are sometimes in vehicles running from the border. This apparently causes an alert. And many times the Uvalde school district gets the alert, basically telling people a heads up, it's possible, There's going to be somebody out there involved in a police chase or a border patrol chase. It might be dangerous on the roads, especially if school children are concerned, the buses, kids walking around. It happens so often that it's possible these security alerts, some of the people at Robb Elementary, some of the people, the Uvalde School District Police, thought that when the shooter crashed his car outside the school, he eventually got out with a gun started walking around and then entered the school. It may have just been another Border Patrol alarm. It may explain why there was a lackadaisical response to the idea that, because I think the first reports were, uh-oh, somebody just crashed a car outside the school, police responding, and someone said, "Ah, eh, it's probably just another Border Patrol chase. Just ignore it. And it could be why they didn't go onto high alert Immediately. I don't know when the first reports came out that he had a gun and he was walking around outside the school and he eventually shot at a couple of people across the street before he went into the school. But it says here one of the factors contributing to relaxed vigilance at Robb Elementary was the frequency of what they call security alerts and campus lockdowns resulting from a recent rise. And they refer to them as bailouts. These are trigger security alerts. Bailouts is when we're dealing with a situation where Border Patrol could be chasing illegal immigrants. Can you believe that? So there's another possible explanation for the slow or sort of non-response, at least initially, to the Uvalde school shooting. All right, when I come back, oh boy, it's just another day in L.A. That new Sixth Street Bridge, which has a hefty price tag. They opened it up in downtown L.A. City officials were trumpeting it. Well, it's already been the scene of a bunch of street takeovers Uh, car accidents, graffiti. Talk about all this coming up on the John and Ken Show on KFI. Mark Ronner has the news now. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation
3: and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust.
2: Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at
3: 866-691-2173
2: or visit buylegacygold.com.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast.